keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the Roast of Jesse the Body Ventura. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. Scott Chaplin will be joining us soon. Special treat. Mike Lawrence will not be on the podcast, but he did send me some jokes. So I will be reading Mike Lawrence's Jesse the Body Ventura Roast. Are you going to um, do a are you going to do a Mike voice? Well, there's two Mike impressions. There's the the one that I do, which is just him kind of talking like Dracula's actuary. And <laughs> then then there's uh my Mike Mike Racine did one, which I can actually do now, but he discovered how to you know, you just kind of talk like this, you know, like but I don't know. I'll do maybe I'll like do my Al first. Gore. It was a little I don't Al know, the way Mike does it. I can't do it, but the way Mike Racine does it. It was a Jesse great comic, Ventura. by the way. Mike Racine is the best comic you've never heard of. So please fucking watch your shit. He stole uh, your title. <laughs> he, told, he stole my gimmick. I think Mike is, is just as funny, if not funnier, than me. So, uh, Patreon. Here's here's our Patreon schedule, though. We're off this week, uh, July 18th. We've got Bash at the Beach 1996. I think something historic happened there. I forget what. July. I, 20- I will say before you go forward in time, I want to go back. If if you are not a Patreon member and you subscribe, you have access to the archives. We just did the roast of Sonny. And it broke down great. money in the bank. And it's one of the best uh, shows I think that we've done. I think uh, I'm a little biased, but it was an absolute blast. So if you're not a Patreon member yet and you're on the fence, go back and 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 subscribe. You can go listen to that one this weekend on the weekend that we're off. Yeah. And hey, thanks for the thousands of people who watched our uh, little Sunny Roast video. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so July 25th, Wrestling Video Game Special will be going we're talking about our favorite wrestling video games. We've never done that on the show, so I figured why not. August 1st, The Roast of Marty Jannetty. Uh, our next uh, next week, we've just got a normal show and the regular show, and then we're doing The Roast of the Godfather. I've been watching his shoot interviews. He's a blast. August 8th for Patreon, we're off. August 15th, we got SummerSlam 2002. August 22nd, Heroes of Wrestling 1992. August 30th, The Roast of Donald Trump. For something to sports entertainment with, we did Raw and we did a double episode. We did Raw and NXT's Great American Bash this week. Next week, well, we're gonna be back I, so I guess week. we're announcing the roast of Donald Trump. The, oh my God, I fucked it up. <laughs> Originally, we were going to do the roast of Steph, and then we turned it into a mystery roast um, because we realized that a lot of the Steph and Triple H jokes are going to be similar. So let's space them apart. Um, but hey, man, uh, we were going to surprise you all with Trump, but we're going to be roasting Trump August 30th. So there you go. I fucked it up. Uh, but, you know, maybe that'll get some new years to us. Uh, so some of the sports next week, we're back to Robert watching Raw, me watching Retro Smackdown. I'm starting season two of Smackdown. Big show is still WWE champion to give you an idea of where we're at. Uh, please oh, no. subscribe to our Patreon, five or ten dollar tier. I think we got a great deal. Some people, some people are like, "Well, it's not the best deal, dude." 
for ten dollars you get eleven free episodes, eleven extra episodes a month. For 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 five dollars you get three, and one of them's a roast. So come on, guys. Oh, and then this week for something to sports, uh, Dan and I reunited. I just said that. Yeah, oh, I, I wasn't paying attention. That's yeah, a double. Seconds. It's a double episode. Me and Robert. Wow. Robert's not listening. He hosts the whole time. I was listening so, so. like ninety nine percent of what you said. I looked away for a second to get a sip of cup of a sip of coffee. And this is what happens. He's full of shit, guys. He hasn't been looking the entire time. Please subscribe to our YouTube, our uh, Facebook, our Twitter. Leave us a five-star review. Leave a comment. I will be post in honor of Mike, I will be posting a Twitter question next week that we can get to. For whatever reason, I tried to last week and like Twitter was down. So let's get to, man, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, the roast of uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, but First, we got to start with the bright eye and bright side of, of Jesse the Body Ventura. If you don't, if you're new to our show, the bright side is where we talk about their positive attributes or what they like about them. And I think this could be our longest bright side. I have a lot of uh, love for Jesse for a lot of reasons. Um, in my mind, he's not the most famous, he's not the best, but he is the most accomplished wrestler of all time accomplished uh his accomplishments as a governor uh he he was instrumental in the metro blue line rail um you know as far as like his beliefs now he's definitely moved far he's moved farther to the left which is uh which is kind of funny because most of these guys you know become so alt-right that they're they're fucking white supremacists, but he's definitely, uh, no, no, Dan, he's we're not talking about Jericho till later in the episode, uh, <laughs> uh, but he's definitely, you know, like, look, he was the first, um, U S official to visit Cuba in a long time. He was right on weed. He was right on gay marriage. He was pro COVID vaccine. He, for, a for a member of the Navy, which is just a whole, or Marines, he spoke out against torture under the George W. Bush administration, which, um, I think is, is pretty great. I, I thought he came off great in the Chris Kyle controversy. I'm sure some people are going to disagree with me on that, but Kyle, Chris Kyle fucked up, dude. Uh, he was a bodyguard for the Rolling Stones. He was a member, as far as Navy, he was a member of the U.S. underwater demolition team, uh, a member of the Mongols motorcycle gang. He feuded with the Hell of His Angels, although most of my prison contacts say that they're kind of underwhelming. Um, I think he's one of the greatest soundbite machines ever. I mean, is there a better quote than unless you've hunted men, you haven't hunted yet? Like that is just the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, you know, we need a third party, man. I mean, like, you know, as somebody who is routinely disgusted with both Nancy Pelosi and Ted Cruz, we uh, we need a third party. As far as I haven't even gotten to the fucking wrestling stuff, man, or the acting stuff, you know, I mean, the guy was great in Predator. He was great in Running Man. Apparently had a had a strong relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger until uh, the divorce between him and Maria Shriver uh, because he was close with Maria, which is kind of uh, is kind of fascinating because he's been married for 40 years. He's one of the few wrestlers who's been married for 40 years, man. I mean, that's. That's a, you know, that's a, 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 a an amazing accomplishment. First wrestler to really test getting into politics, became governor of Minnesota. He only s stuck around for one term, uh, partially because he wasn't going to win a second term. Um, visiting fellow at Harvard University. He, I mean, this guy's fucking had one hell of a life. He, he was an NFL commentator briefly for like the Buccaneers and some different teams. 
I, again, I haven't gotten into the wrestling, which is, you know, a lot of people say that he's one of the greatest commentators of all time. And the first WWE heel commentator, he was a great raw guest host. Ain't got time to bleed is a pretty good biography. If you haven't seen that, um, Mick Jagger, like quoted Jesse saying he's done us proud. Hasn't he? He's been fantastic. Uh, WWE Hall of Fame ref- Wrestling Observer, best on interviews, three years in the row. You started out as a territory guy. And probably most impressively, which I still haven't gotten to yet, he's the only guy to get uh, copyright money from Vince McMahon. He's the only guy to successful, well, not exactly copyright, but he successfully sued Vince McMahon. He gets a quarterly check from WWE. Uh, despite not being on WWE programming, not being one of the WWE legends, he took Vince to court and he got his fucking money. So I love Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, I wish he was president now in some ways. Um, you know, I think he would have been a hell of a lot better president than than Trump and probably, you know, debatably a better president now than Biden. Um, I would say definitely a better president than Biden, actually. I mean, Biden's been kind of a disappointment, but this isn't a politics podcast. Uh, yeah, man, I think he's I think he's awesome, dude. So, you know, like he was somebody also just he was somebody that I pushed uh, for Conrad and all those guys to roast. And they said the problem with Jesse is the same problem with Cornette. Uh, we're not going to have enough money to get him there, you know? So he's always been a guy who's been about making money. And, and, and he took that lesson into Hollywood. He, he, he's quoted as saying when they were asking Jesse, like, uh, you know, w- what did Arnold Schwarzenegger give you advice on? He goes, don't, don't read the script until you know how much they're paying you, you know? And I think that that's been fucking Jesse's MO, man. He is, he is the opposite of a Mark. And, uh, and I think that he's, you know, like there's been some complaints about there, you know, obviously he has, he has detractors from his time in office, some, some real complaints and then some other ones like him shitting on St. Paul that don't mean anything. Uh, but I do think, uh, Jesse's, uh, you know, an, shows just a, an incredible fixture in American history. That that's what I'll say about Jesse, the body Ventura. Who else wants to tout Jesse's bright side? Robert? Uh, sure. It was either going to be me or other Harvard uh, fellow professor, Scott Chaplin. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, Jesse is a an absolute legend. He is an unquestionable, uh, you know, legendary figure in professional wrestling. He's one of the few people who went toe-to-toe with Vince McMahon uh, in court and won and should have been banished forever based on Vince's logic. And they welcomed him back into the fold several times at SummerSlam 99, where he was referee, put him in the Hall of Fame. He's done a number of guest appearances. He's kind of smoothed that over. But as a as a kid of the 80s, I know Mike's not here, so I'm going to kind of channel Mike a little bit. Like growing up, this was the voice you heard when you watched wrestling. It was Jesse Ventura and Vince McMahon or Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, on a lot of those big events, the first uh, was it six WrestleManias, I think Jesse's on commentary for. So he's there for all of the most iconic moments. And he was oh, he makes that WrestleMania six main event. I mean, he's he awesome. Was, yeah, oh, the WrestleMania six main event. He does. He is fantastic. in. he's part of the WrestleMania three main event, obviously, with, uh, you know, Hogan and Andre. He just he was able to tell a story 
as a heel in a way that felt natural. It was he would he would always favor the 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 heels. He would always bury the baby faces, but in a very sports kind of way. Uh, he made it compelling to watch. He made it entertaining to watch in a way where commentary before that I've heard a lot of pre Jesse Ventura commentary during my time at WWE. It was dry as hell. It is tough to listen to. Fucking dreadful. I mean, not even in WWE, but like a lot of that territory commentary. I mean, whatever. You could say territory wrestling was the best wrestling ever. You cannot say that about the commentary. No. I mean, look, Gordon Soli, great, you know, play-by-play guy who's going to tell you what's going on or or, or Shivani or Rod Trongard or, or any of these guys. But they didn't have the energy that Ventura did. I know, you know, we're, I'm going to talk about Pat McAfee later in the show. But if you're a Pat McAfee fan and you haven't watched a lot of old Jesse stuff, you owe it to yourself to go back and listen to this because there was an energy to it. There was something that felt different. Uh, Part a of lot it of- is he was in the shape of a professional wrestler, but only did commentary. So he had all this fucking energy. But the thing, yeah. I think part of it with Jesse is the peak of his wrestling career doesn't exist to most wrestling fans because he wrestled for about a decade, most of which not in the WWE. So you really didn't get a chance to see it. And when you did see him in the WWF in the, in the mid eighties, he was not really the full version of who he was. So he's one of those guys who was a wrestler, but primarily a commentator, very much akin to Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, his stuff, even when he moved over to WCW and was, and was kind of phoning it in a little bit there, we watched some of those WCW shows. He's the only good thing on a lot of those. You're getting a lot of really rough matches that Jesse was trying his hardest with. Uh, his, his political career was really interesting because he got elected as the governor of Minnesota, as a third party candidate with very little money uh, and just sort of ran in. I know it sounds kind of fucked up now, but it was like, we're going to change it. I'm an outsider. We're going to do things the, the logical way. He gave rebates back to the, the, the citizens of Minnesota because they, they had, had a surplus. surplus. It was actually surplus. responsible. It was smart, but he he operated in the way that like a lot of people are like, if I was an elected official, this is what I would do. And I wouldn't put up any of the bullshit. And he didn't put up a lot of the bullshit. And yes, his his record is you can look at it and, and, and take it for what it is. But he was an interesting choice. And he was somebody who garnered a lot of national attention. Not, not a lot of his vetoes made it through. In the beginning, a lot of his vetoes made it through. He, yeah. he, he, you know, it's like he, he would veto a lot of stuff and they rarely overturned him until the end when they realized he wasn't super popular anymore. But it was still a really interesting thing to see. And he was one of the first wrestlers who became a movie star. I mean, Predator is one of the was one of the biggest movies of, the, of its time. And he was right there at or near the top. He was a guy you could put on yeah. late night talk shows. So, you know, it's it was like him and Piper. I, mean, were I the think two he's that- probably the third most recognizable guy in that movie. Right. Under Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. I'd say so. Yeah, he's probably the third most and he's highly quotable uh, and and just a, a really interesting guy. And yes, even as he's lapsed into a little bit more of his slightly crazier views, he still keeps it somewhat in the middle and people still talk to him. He posted an interview over the weekend for his podcast where he talked to Andrew Yang, who ran for yeah, president. I'll, def- so- I'll defend, you know, like, you know, yeah, he, he, he interviewed Andrew Yang and also like, you know, he was friends with Alex Jones, but his whole Alex Jones pairing was before all the Sandy Hook shit. It was like way early on. And then he kind of got off the train before it went to crazy town. So it's like some of the stuff that Alex Jones was bringing up at the beginning was legitimate. And he was around for some of that before 
you know, I mean, we have yes. what it is fucking today, which is just and also coolest wrestling rumor that have, has never been substantiated, but he owns it, and that's that he quietly dated Vanna White in the in the eighties, I guess before his wife. So that's a pretty fucking good pull, Jesse. Nice job. It's not bad. And, and Mike's still convinced. Sorry, Dan's still convinced that uh, he also fucked Barry Hart. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, Scott, before your time, but uh, what are your impressions of the man? Yeah, his in-ring work stuff was before my time. And, you know, I've heard the commentary and I love it. And, and, and uh, I mean, really love it. I think it's, it's so, some of the best. Um, I think he was super funny. Uh, his promos were great. And then in terms of the conspiracy stuff, yeah, he speaks, he speaks nutty, but like everything, like I watched, remember that Norton clip where it's him and Jim Norton on Opie and Anthony and they're arguing. And I remember being young and being like, oh my God, Jesse's nuts. And then I rewatched it and it's like, Norton is wrong the entire way through. Like he's just wrong. You know, it's like, uh, we should have never invaded Iraq. And um, well, I think the argument he was having was like, whether or not, I think it was about the government knew right? about nine whether or not yeah, that, the government. Like, not, what, I mean, that's also what, kind of been proven, right? And the Saudis are yeah, in on it. And, I, yeah, yeah, we, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you could argue side, both ways. Side. You could argue both. Well, you could argue both ways about the government's involvement. I, I yeah, think. yeah. But um, there wasn't any like a terrible job, like nuclear of, demo, you know, or a hologram or any of that course. Shit. If, but Jesse yeah. doesn't say that either, you know. No. Um, and that's the thing. Jesse just says shit that. A lot of it just seems apparent. It's like, yeah, don't trust your government. I and mean, there, there, there's nothing wrong in saying that. And then people, you know, he'll be like, oh, the JFK thing. And, you know, I was in Vietnam and they're like, bring up more recent things. And it's like everything, <laughs> like everything that's ever happened. You know, and, and, and it's also one of these things where I, I mean, I said this before, but I'll reiterate it. He could be making a ton of money if he went the Alex Jones way right now. If yeah. he just sold, well, you know what show. it is, and I tried to make a joke about it, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. But you know how, uh, like Doctor Frankenstein's job was, he was supposed to put an intelligent, a regular brain inside of it, like a functioning proper brain inside of this monster. Yeah, and then it would have worked. Well, he is like if you put a proper functioning brain in, like, like he is <laughs> yeah, right, no, right, but it's still Frankenstein's fucking body, and it still has to go <laughs> through that math, you know? No, it like, is. That's I have where Doctor Frankenstein I mean, also would have been wrong, where it's like, oh hey, no, he's dude, a genius, gonna... but nobody cares because he looks yeah. like a maniac. I've, this is so funny you say that because I'm not, I'm now not going to do this roast jokes, but one of my roast jokes was he's the answer to the question, "What if Frankenstein took peyote?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He really is. I yeah, you're it. like, wow, this Frankenstein's got some good points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 he could be, you know, it, it all. Like he it, sounds like know. his father was a doctor. You'd go, oh, your father was Doctor Frankenstein. That makes sense that your father was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he also like he also doesn't. I've never seen somebody who has less shame, like. Like in, in a way that like he's he has no or, or, or like he was on CNN. I don't know why this stuck with me, but they're like, uh, what he goes, I live in Mexico now. And they're like, uh, do you know Spanish? He goes, oh, I need to know it's cerveza. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. He didn't like yeah. pretend he knew Spanish or anything, you know, like uh, like a normal politician would do. Um, but yeah, dude, he's the fucking man. Yeah, he's also yeah, one of these guys I, I hate having worked at WWE just because by winning that lawsuit, which just is a 
20 second uh, recap on that. Uh, WWF was churning out home videos and they said that they were not paying royalties for non wrestlers. I said copyright. It's fine. It was copyright stuff, but it was, it was royalties in that. Like if you watch the WWF home video and you saw a Hulk Hogan match, Hogan gets a cut of that DVO, that VHS. Jesse Ventura doing commentary doesn't. He's like, that's fine. Then found out that was bullshit and guys were getting a cut of it. And he's like, that's fucked up. And he sued. And the reason why he won to preserve my boy Jerry McDivitt's reputation is because he sued Minnesota. And almost every lawsuit WWF is ever involved in always gets pulled to Connecticut. No, it's like Jerry- when Flair loses the title in Japan, it doesn't count. Exactly. And just and like Jerry McDivitt owns every judge in Connecticut. So he's got it under lock. But you go to the fucking backwoods of Minnesota and they're going to rule in, in favor of Jesse. So for years, there was always like remove anything involving Ventura from any home video. So, so much footage got buried until the WWE network. And they were finally able to show this stuff again and they were paying everybody the proper royalties. So uh, a lot of guys owe a lot of money they have because of Jesse Ventura. And it is a landmark case. It's actually a cited case. If you take entertainment law beyond just being a wrestling fan, it was definitely an important decision. Yeah. I mean, he, and and dude, like, Part of the reason, too, I love Jesse is like one of the guys in the Democratic Party who's getting by like who's getting a lot of attention is this guy, John Fetterman. He's running against Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And if you look at the guy, he looks like a fucking ass beater, dude. And it's just so nice. I just got a text from Beto O'Rourke. Beto is the guy you're fucking girl leaves you for in college and you resent you know like he doesn't have that like like grassroots blue collar feel that like a jesse ventura or john fetterman has fedor work has john laurinaitis charisma oh my god you know what you're right you're right i mean even though like i I gave a lot of money to him last time we went against cruz uh didn't work all right time to roast jesse the body ventura um scotty uh let's start with you brother who all right here we go i'm not saying it's impossible to take jesse's uh takes seriously uh but if jesse ventura was an ace ventura the movie would end with people still refusing to believe finkel was einhorn (laughs) (laughs) his catchphrase would be alt righty then Jesse Ventura, when nature calls, would just be Jesse's opinion about how he should be allowed to urinate whenever and wherever he wants. <laughs> it's my right. I can't do an impression of him. Anyway, he said 9-11 was an inside job and now he's outside unemployed. <laughs> his personal political parties change, but his in-ring work is a member of the Green Party. It's always been. <laughs> Uh, he has like some weird curse where he sees through all the bullshit but then he has to look like he's covered in all the bullshit like (laughs) uh, Vince started hating him because saying Jesse the body gave him flashbacks of saying Jimmy the body (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the difference between Jesse Ventura and Corey Feldman is Jesse Ventura was in uh, Predator, while Corey Feldman had a Predator in him. <laughs> uh, Chris oh. Kyle lied about punching Jesse, which is literally the definition of pro wrestling. Uh, and then he refused to break KFAB, and Jesse hated him for it. His hair is crazier than his opinions. 
he looks like the guy that uh, does the time warp in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Just like a, like a, a fat version of him. Uh, each hair looks like it's dangling from the rafters after God, God pulled the ladder from under them. <laughs> uh, it's almost like he asked the wrestlers if they wanted a union and they said, but we already have factions. <laughs> And finally, uh, a, a Scott, a Scott, uh, a Scott joke. Uh, <laughs> him and Vince will always be close, no matter what happens, because Jesse's nuts and Vince is a dick. Uh? <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh? Uh, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty great. Um, all right, Robert. All right. Uh, I hate that Scott stole like two of mine, but fuck, I'm keeping him in. Today we are roasting <laughs> Jesse Ventura the third craziest elected official in the WWE Hall of Fame. Your move, Coco Beware. (laughs) Jesse sued the WWF and won, making him the most problematic body Vince had to deal with that wasn't in the trunk of of Jimmy Snuka's car. (laughs) Ventura gained global acclaim in the movie Predator, which surprisingly wasn't a biopic about Jerry Lawler. (laughs) When elected governor, Ventura famously proclaimed, we shocked the world, as the world had no clue wrestling fans could legally vote. <laughs> Later in life, Ventura would talk about wild conspiracy theories, like the idea that wrestlers should have unions and get health insurance. What a fucking nut. <laughs> Ventura is a Vietnam veteran who saw no active, com- no, saw no active combat yet always ensured he was acknowledged as a Navy SEAL, which is also known as going full Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Jesse angered outdoor enthusiasts when he said, until you've hunted men, you haven't hunted yet, which is also, <laughs> the, ep- which is also the epitaph on Pat Patterson's tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. For an independent, he sure sounds like a Republican. jesse formed a team with adrian adonis called the east west connection which is of course a uh, reference to using mr fuji to smuggle pills into the united states (laughs) jesse had to retire from in-ring competition due to a blood clot in his lungs the result of decades of spewing hot air this is my scott joke that i didn't want to telegraph but there it was ventura famously had a falling out with hulk hogan the friendship ended when Jesse heard Hogan use the N-word, non-union. <laughs> Ventura left the WWF over a video game dispute, as Vince had a licensing deal with Nintendo, while Jesse wanted to be in a Sega game, specifically as Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. <laughs> WCW fired Jesse Ventura for falling asleep during a TV taping, yet the same move got Kevin Nash a raise. Jim Ross also fell asleep during WCW programming, but claimed it was just Bell's palsy and has been faking the disease ever since. (laughs) Jesse Ventura was in the movie Batman and Robin. I don't have a joke. I just wanted to stick a knife in Mike's heart. (laughs) Jesse Ventura believed 9-11 was an inside job, but he lacks some credibility when he adds that it was carried out by Earl Hebner. (laughs) <laughs> in the end ventura is a is pro-gay marriage pro-marijuana and anti-hulk hogan so i look forward to voting for him in 2024 <laughs> jesse the body i guess we're uh, we're to me now um in the 70s a young jesse was drafted into a hopelessly 
bleak situation with no end in sight. But enough about the AWA. (laughs) (laughs) To wrestling fans, he's the body. But to his family, he's just the guy who ruins Thanksgiving. (laughs) These potatoes are so hot they could melt steel beams. (laughs) Jesse's been married for over 40 years. Uh, The only time he strayed was when he fucked Chris Kyle's widow. Uh, Jesse says he doesn't have time to bleed, nor the time to wash it off after shaking hands with Castro. Uh, Alex Jones disowned him for supporting the COVID vaccine, which wasn't the first time Jesse got in trouble with needles. His greatest accomplishment as a governor was the blue line causing Marty Jannetty to go, where? (laughs) Like all politicians, Jesse is good at identifying problems and providing terrible solutions. Comes back to Raw. WWE needs to focus on younger talent. (laughs) Yay! Which is why the next WWE champion will be Sheamus. No, the genie tricked us. Uh, His greatest asset is being a Russian one. He wasn't running man or what Hulk did when he heard the word union. He became a conspiracy theorist after discovering an unidentified crop circle hovering above his head. (laughs) He uh, doesn't use talking points or points at all, really. You know, it's bad when you go on Opie and Anthony and make Jim Norton look like Aristotle. (laughs) (laughs) he beat wwe but lost to cte he's hard to watch in an interview i mean the guy shakes more than dean malenko doing the macarena (laughs) i had a predator joke about the only reason he said yes to predator is because he thought it was a bad fence but everybody has that joke so that was the roast of jesse ventura fun roast i think an even more fun bright side uh, for showing how I sent you guys his campaign speech. It's a good speech. That's basically all I have to say about it. Um, yeah, man. Well, I hope mean, for a guy who delivers promos for most of his life, he's going to give a halfway decent acceptance speech. Um, I mean, but- you remember like before this, like it was like Tom Daschle cutting a promo. Come on, folks. That was that's rough. But he knew his soundbite that, that we, sh- you know, we shocked the world soundbite got played ad nauseum for a long long time uh beyond just wrestling spheres it was just one of those great wrestling catchphrases but when you go back and watch the speech watch the actual speech which i haven't seen the full thing in a while he kind of telegraphs it when he's like you know i love muhammad ali and and he he shocked the world and i love in 1980 with the, the hockey team and they shocked the world. I'm like we, we get it you're, you're you're doing the line a lot uh but when you take that snippet there was a there was a real energy to it and he didn't come across like a crazy person. You know, a lot of outlets wanted to do this wacky, like, oh, pro wrestler wins governor. Like he's going to rip his shirt off and, you know, suplex somebody. Right. And he sounded like I'm the guy in charge now. Thank you. And we're going to go forward. And people are like, oh, this is this is interesting. Maybe somebody from the wrestling world could go forward in politics. And then we saw Kane and Donald Trump. Oh, so, my God. We need no. a strong third party right now. There's no place for me in the Democratic Party. Yeah, but He wants unicameralism. No, he doesn't I mean, even want two parties. I'm saying Jesse wants one political party because he's a fucking lunatic. Well, he's a little idealistic on that. I mean, that's was his rationale with Castro. But I mean, the Democrats have become the pro-war, pro-corruption 
party and the Republicans were already the pro-war, pro-corruption rally. So it's like, what are we doing? We need we need something to fucking switch shit up here, folks, because this is I did love the fact that in that speech, he brings up selling out the Civic Center. And I was like, that's the most wrestling fucking thing to do ever. Yeah, he's, he's the best. It was it was a good speech and it was uh, it was fun and it kind of all went downhill shortly after that. Love Jesse the body. All right, let's get to Dynamite or Dud and I'll see if you guys liked this show. Hour one, Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. A Christian Matt Hardy segment. Yes, it's 2022. Matt, uh, the Matt Menard uh, promo from Blood and Guts and it was compiled with a whole Blood and Guts um Promo package. If you want to see the, the whole thing, you got to go on Twitter. Uh, there was a Cesaro, Cesaro J- Jake Hager promo. Uh, Swerve. It's Claudio and, Jim Ross. Sorry. It's Claudio sorry. Castagnoli. Claudio, different guy. Claudio, Claudio and Jake Hager. Swerve uh, and uh, Keith Lee versus Butcher and Blade. Uh, then the Young Bucks and uh, and I, I believe Hobbs and fucking what's Starks. Ricky Starks came out. Alistair Black promo and Eddie Kingston promo. And a Dark Order Brody Lee tribute. What do you think of this first hour, Robert? I had QT Marshall on my TV. This <laughs> was a home run for me. That's true. We uh, did get QT. Uh, Scorpio Wardlow. Honestly, it's like I get you wanted to put the title, uh, get the title to somebody exciting because the TNT title has been dormant. Scorpio kind of got shortchanged a little bit there. I feel like they could have done a little something with him. Like you already went out and, and redid the belt itself and made it the, the Laker colors that he's got there. I think he could have gotten a little bit of momentum. It felt like you could have gotten some more mileage out of Wardlow chasing before actually winning the title. Um, but he did by doing it as a street fight, you were able to cover up a lot. I don't know if those, I'm guessing all those American top team guys were just like the same guys who were the security people. Cause none of them got identified by name. Um, which is whatever Moxley did a really nice well, promo. Can. I mean, you can't, I mean, that's so st- he can't just have his guy's job to No, of course, know. but it's just weird yeah. that they brought him out. as like, here's American top team guys. And you're like, no, it's not. They're fucking uh, random dudes. Uh, Moxley did a pretty good promo trying to build up the Brody King feud. It's just unfortunate that it was on the same show that the match was happening to get you to actually care about it. But this, you know, what kind of monster are you? What kind of monster am I? When he gets in the groove, he cuts a really good promo. And this was effective at selling a match that we'll we'll talk about the match later. The Christian Luchasaurus Matt Hardy thing was just I guess what they're trying to do now is to get any kind of reaction with Christian. They're gonna have him go say the most outrageous stuff they can, which it's is that crazy. Jeff Hardy's a drunk. It's it's he's um, become like an Adam McKay villain, you know, as yes. far as like the shit he's saying. It's so it's it's trying to like shock people. But it doesn't work. It just feels desperate more than anything else, which has been this whole sort of weird turn. Uh, and even the, the best part was him pointing out, like, wait, why are you coming out here? You're not even friends with Jungle Boy. This is stupid. Like, he's just calling out like this makes no fucking sense. But Matt Hardy's the easiest target to go after by bringing in outside stuff, y'all. Uh, it's weird seeing Claudio and Hager together because all I think of is like we the people and it's very WWE-ish. And they actually said WWE on TV, which was interesting, uh, especially because the very next segment you had uh, uh, Ricky Starks referencing WWE but not mentioning it. Like, pick a lane. Either you're talking about the other company or you're not. Uh, the Butcher Blade Swerve and Keith Lee match, I get what they were trying to do to make it teasing, whatever. 
it was surprisingly sloppy, which is unfortunate because I like both of these teams. Um, the Bucks. This was I actually liked this Young Bucks promo, so I don't know what was wrong with me, but uh, they came across as really entertaining. Uh, the crowd hijacked it because they want to see FTR and the Bucks. We know that's what we're getting to, but at least the you know the audience is is consistent with what it is that they actually care about. Uh, the Eddie Kingston stuff was uh, this it was beyond unforgivable uh, with with Ruby Soho. Uh, she was in the back being assaulted by the Jericho Appreciation Society. They should have pre-taped this or blocked it or something, but her hand was not there to be slammed into the car door. And then she just put her hand there voluntarily. Uh, it looked really, really bad. I bring this up all the time. Like AEW needs some people there to do some kind of quality control. Well, I know but that if they do like a, uh, some women lie storyline where Jericho's like, look, she's no, full of shit. No, Scott, that's not what it is. It's because he's a, Jericho no, like demands this in his contract. Jericho is a wizard and he used telepathy <laughs> to make her hand go up there. Otherwise it just looked, it was a cool, I get on paper why this was a good idea, but an execution, I mean, yeah, they were just, trying to do the dusty thing, but yeah, right. Just to, to quote letter Kenny, yeah. it's fucking embarrassing. Uh, and then the dark order stuff, I, I get, you know, it's, it's, it's negative one, not wearing a shirt again. It's a little, <laughs> little weird, a little uncomfortable. Uh, I guess the, the point True. of this was like this, this dark order. Pro, I'm going to go really deep in an obscure cut. Here, that is a, that but, is a rational response to that question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a random dark cut. When Jay Leno coming out was, looking all sexy, strutting those tits. <laughs> that's why. That's why they didn't put Jim Ross on hour one. Look at the supple body at negative one. But this this reminded me. Will always be a ten yeah. in my mind. When when Jay Leno was uh, was hosting the Tonight Show up against Letterman, and there were all these rumors they were going to replace him, and they didn't. They held a press conference where Leno basically like, "We're here because I didn't get fired," and that was what this Dark Order promo was. This was. Hey, we know a bunch of guys got fired. We're still here. Uh, they have they forgot about us, and uh, we're just going to kind of stick around for a little bit. And ultimately, it was so. Does Hangman that Colt. Does that mean Colt is out? So, according to the according to the internet, I don't know if you've heard of the internet, but they said that he was on the chopping block, and a bunch of guys went to bat for him to keep him, and that was why they put him on Supercard of Honor, and he's going to be doing stuff with, with Ring of Honor going forward. But yeah, yeah. I saw uh, like Sean Ross Sapp posted that apparently because of the CM Punk issue, he might have not gotten rehired. And then Dax from FTR was like, this is not true. Yeah, and, and it's, But it's, he didn't say that it wasn't true that there was a chance he might get fired. He was he was saying it's not like the punk part isn't true. No, the punk because if the punk thing was an issue, punk would have said, like, when I go in there, like, get rid of the guy. Yeah. And they didn't get rid of the guy out. Right. It but was now, they were cutting people and it's like they're not using him on TV, but. He has a lot of value for them to use in Ring of Honor, both backstage dude, put him on and, and on TV. Creative. I, we, That's we my point. Cole. Use him, use him for those things. Colt creative. is awesome. Oh, Colt rules. Jesus I know he should be Christ, uh, there often. But, I mean, but his he, entire gimmick is a is like a is like a fun fucking bit. You know, it's a bit. Yeah, he's a good time. I, but, I enjoy and the him. Dark Order guys walked out on their own, right? Alan Angels wanted to leave on his own, and then. Uh, who else walked out? I forget. Did he? I don't. I don't know what the deal. I just know that they were. Yeah, I think both of them did. And Stu Grayson was like, I'm Stu Grayson gone. walked out too. He like gone. didn't agree to the pay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were gonna pay him in fucking hot dogs, but uh, and then they, you know, and then Hangman <laughs> attacking... was fine with it. <laughs> but here's the thing: Hangman attacking QT is the reason why you have a guy like Q, a character like QT around. You want someone who's a pure heat magnet who, when he gets his ass kicked, 
it's funny. Like they were showing clips of negative one, like pantsing QT and him running around and getting speared. It's like, that's what that kind of character is. And it's why we say he should be on more. We just really because... 180 with QT. We talked about how terrible it was. And now we're just like, but we he is terrible. We had when we had it, but he's, he's terrible, but he serves a purpose. He's kind of like, you know, Baron Corbin in a lot of ways, but I never, I'm kidding. going to say this. I mean, Baron if you Corbin's have, a better wrestler. told me, okay. If you would have told me that, I would have remembered a big show segment from four months ago. I'd be like, oh, you're out of your mind. I wouldn't remember this. And I actually remember what he did. I remember the face. But QT getting his ass kicked by Hangman, that's what you needed to be like, let's put Hangman out there, remind people he's a baby face, remind people he's part of the company. He's got fuck all nothing else to do. And negative one versus QT Marshall in a couple of years is going to be awesome. Yeah, and you get a cute moment. And I think it's the same reason Butcher and Blade fought because Blade is from Buffalo, right? And so they uh well, what, did, what did you think of this uh first hour scott yeah I, th- I thought i thought it was good um the wardlow win needed to happen i feel like every match under delivered but everything moved forward in a way that made me really happy to be watching the entire thing uh the christian cage shit man just like where each segment he just says the wildest thing you could say uh, <laughs> i still don't know how i feel about it but i it, it does make me laugh. I just don't know why it makes me laugh. Like I, don't I am know- angry because Mike texted us before this where he said, it's weird that Tony Khan replaced MJF with Christian, which <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, sir? But he's, he's been dry. You know, you, you would think that now that Mike's not on the podcast anymore, that he would stop using our thread to talk shit about wrestling. Eh, that's no. not going to happen. <laughs> no it's just because he's, he's busy doing his other his other stuff yeah this jackass decided to go get a real job Chris, and- christian is a summertime uh he's like a summertime guy like remember last year he was the summertime feud with omega there's in t- television drops in the summer and things aren't as great and that's christian where it's like <laughs> this works this works but it's not you know it's not the sweeps weeks guy <laughs> Here's my thing with Christian is that there was like such an easy story to tell of the old guy getting pushed out and being resentful of the young guy. But instead they did this angle, which was, I just don't want to work, which would be funny if it was someone other than Christian. Like if that's Randy Orton, that's a great gimmick because we know Randy actually doesn't want to work. But with Christian, his, all we know is that he wanted to work more and that's why he left WWE. So it's just an odd fit. It's a totally straightforward story that he got eliminated in a battle royal a year ago, then gaslit the guy that eliminated him for nine, ten months just to turn on him. Makes total sense. Completely logical booking. Come on. What we get from it, though, is is huge, which is uh, Jungle Boy being a man (laughs) and Luchasaurus being like this this cane we can actually root for again. Oh, yeah, no, I think yeah, it's I mean, going to help him in the Soros end. Right like now. It, it is gonna, he's going to be, I mean, he can be a baby face and still be this character, you know? So yeah, and I mean, I think he'll be a heel, though, and I think that's cool. I want to see him, you know, he he gets sloppy, and, and I do like the luchador moves, but that's when mm-hmm. he does fuck up the most, obviously. Um, so maybe as a heel, he won't do as much of that. And Dude, can, with a guy like that, all you want to see him do is choke slam somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, Hey, you saw Marco Stunt said it was lame that Christian brought him up last week. Well, Marco yeah. Stunt's lame, so it, it balances out. Marco Stunt. I, I like that Marco said that. He's the fucking worst. Luchasaurus. He was he was a good you know thing for the moment, and then, no, yeah. he wasn't a good thing for the moment. It's cool to see a tiny person run around like that. 
Yes. Hey, we already had that with Adam Cole. Hey, man. They made a third Austin Powers. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Vern Troyer was great on All WWE right. the, the one, The one note I wanted to include, I think you guys covered every everything, was someone clearly this past weekend got in a Tony Khan's ear about the, about the power rankings, right? Because they mentioned that a bunch in the first hour of being like, no, like them going like, no, it doesn't make sense because we're ranked here and here. Like, like almost overkill. I feel like somebody tweeted something at him and he was like, I'm going to fucking math brain the shit out of this. Yeah. Thinking the person noticed it all. The person didn't notice. (laughs) I just ethered your ass. Well, of course, of course he didn't notice. It's his dad, you know? (laughs) (sighs) Um. His dad, by the way, had pictures of him. There's a picture of them drinking champagne together. <laughs> and uh, it just looks like, like, he looks like, like, his dad looks like the Middle Eastern version of Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And Tony Khan. Like, he looks like Capping Crunch's Wario. Yeah, d- Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony Khan looks like the guy, the next kid waiting to see John Cena. You know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> It's, it couldn't be more of a self-made so, billionaire. So Tony Khan looks like 2017 Tony Khan. Yeah. He was no. waiting in line <laughs> to meet John Cena. Dude, no, you, yes, yes. That Tony Khan has a uh, waiting in line for Santa uh, by. Like he's at all times waiting in line to meet Santa Claus. No, like he as an guy, adult. He, like you know still super Yes, Santa. yeah. He's just always excited to be like, holy shit, you guys were about to meet Santa. Yeah, he's always angrily blinking. You know what I mean? He <laughs> yeah. That kind of. Anyway, that's enough. Uh, the Tony Khan dump for the week. For the week. We still have week. a second yeah. hour to cover, Dan. There's plenty. Yeah, of hour two. Hour two. We get Rouge versus Penta, which I thought kind of underdelivered. I don't know about you. Uh, there was a Ring of Honor promo, which I didn't really care about. There's a Best Friends promo. The acclaimed and the Gun Club versus Jobbers, including Leon Ruff, and then we get a turn from the Gun Club on the acclaimed. Hopefully the acclaimed are still cool as baby faces. I'm excited. I really like that team. Uh, a Miro promo, which was predictably good. Uh, Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir versus Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, which was predictably not very good. <laughs> and uh, the interim title match, which was, you know, in my in my uh, um, in, in my mind, this was a really good match with no heat. You know, like I thought Moxley had a great promo beforehand i think brody's a really good worker um you know i thought they had a very capable match but i i'm i'm a little bit concerned because you know i i watched a pretty bad nxt show this week you know with the great american bash but the one thing they did that was better than what dynamite did is that after Braun breaker retained his title he gets attacked by the next challenger which is like J.D. McDonough now is the guy who used to be Jordan Devlin. Uh, and I was hoping for that at the end of the show. I'm like, okay, what's your direction for your WWE champ for your, not for your AEW world champion. What's, what's the direction. And they didn't give us a direction. We just got Moxley celebrating a match that was cold. Um, so I, I thought story-wise and booking wise, this, this, this second hour suffered a lot. And I really like Roosh. I really liked him at Ring of Honor. And I just thought he was kind of like unimpressive. I do think that Pena, Pentagon is like, like Phoenix is amazing. He lives up to every bit of hype. But I do think Pentagon, the character's cool, but the wrestling's a little overrated, man. And like, you always have to wrestle a Pentagon style match. I just don't, you know, it would have been a very different match if Phoenix was in there. 
um, if that's how they had gone. Uh, and instead, you got, eh, you got fine. Um, and as far as uh, the acclaimed and the gun club, I am going to miss Billy Gunn doing the little sim- symbol thing. But look, man, I want to see the gun club now when they're on TV. I want to see the acclaimed now when they're on TV. Like, this was great. They remind me of just like an over attitude era segment. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, man, this shit was such a blast. This and was like, this I, is like too cool. This is like genuine fan cool. of both teams. It's rig, dude. I would never think I'd be. Remember during the pandemic when the fucking ass boys would sit front row and we'd be yeah. like, oh my God, Billy Gunn's kids with kind of Billy Gunn's face. Yeah. And they were like uh, undefeated like for 38 weeks in a row. Oh, dude. Yeah. And it was just like, it was so, none of us got it. And it, they rule they're so fun and and they're obviously only going to get better they're all all of them are young uh that was probably yeah, my favorite there's segment clearly of, no wellness the policy. yeah and, and the penta roosh thing yeah yeah a bit uh sloppy but you know i i like that they're feuding and uh and the storyline continues the brody thing i just realized while we were talking okay so they're in buffalo right and it's the whole brody thing Oh, Rochester. Yeah, my bad. My, my bad. Right. But, you know, in New York. OK, but Rochester and the Brody Lee thing. Right. Um, and then remember when Cody Rhodes cut that promo and he mentioned Brody King and he was like, for you to come into this company with the name Brody. And everyone's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about, you weirdo? You know, um, I wonder if any of this was like, you know what? In, in Brody Lee's hometown, we're going to have Brody fight for the championship, whether that was like I'm not saying it was a thing in response to Cody. But even if it's Tony going like, oh, maybe some fans are going to hate this guy and he is going to have extra heat because of this Brody thing. Uh, it didn't work out. I thought it was a fine match. Yeah, I uh, mean, it was a it was a perfectly fine match. That's, yeah, you know, you, you, you want the Malachi match. And, and I do like that they had the what I do like about that that uh, battle royal they had last week was the championship match was immediately so we didn't have to drag it out. And it's just a thing that happened and you get your championship match. I thought the finish was really cool too. And the finish was cool. Oh, there was cool moments in it yeah. as well. But you know what it is? It's you, you see Brody in it and you think of like Blackpool Combat Club and um, House of Black. And you're just like, well, I want to see Malachi Black kick Moxley in the head. And when you don't see Malachi Black kick anybody in the head, you just, you're a little bummed out. Robert, what do you think of the second hour? Uh, Jim Ross came out and my, my attention span started to wane and justifiably so by the second hour, uh, Penta and Roosh. Here's the thing with these guys. Uh, they have wrestled each other a ton. They have a formula and they get very, very lazy. And that was what you had here. They trade it's on the first fucking match in AEW. Though. It's the first fucking match in AEW. They've wrestled each other a billion times. Like they just know what they're doing. I've, I've again, I, I'm broken record here. I've done Penna and Phoenix matches before, and these guys against other people, and they they have a pen, Penta has a formula. I've done Roosh matches. Roosh has a formula. That was what these guys were kind of doing. It was lackluster. They know, hey, we got the match in the ring. We're going to do what we want to do. It was okay. It was not a a great match, and they have to stop doing this mass bullshit. It's like they've done it over and over. They rip off the mask and then they lose. It's it's like 20 times already with these guys. Uh, it loses its uh, its momentum. What does not lose its momentum is the pure charisma of Sutton Singh. Uh, him with <laughs> Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, like saving him to the end to just say one word barely 
uh, is is fantastic. I think uh, that was actually the move, the move. Oh yeah, not I even think the best move, the move. That's all you. That's all you got with him. Um, Danhausen being an attorney was delightful. Everything else in that was like, I don't need to see Mark Sterling. I don't need this whole. We're doing a petition to get rid of Swart. Like it's just goofy. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, it was a good way to get those guys on there. I like that they use representation of just who needs to be on TV for a minute. Let's remind you, Orange Cassidy's here. I like that. Uh, the acclaimed and gun club felt like an attitude era, uh, thing. And I love that. But the part you forget about in the attitude era is as soon as one of these over acts split, the magic kind of goes away when DX split. And you had Road Dog feuding with Mr. Ass over like the naming rights of DX. They weren't good anymore. When Too Cool broke up, they, they didn't retain it. The Gun Club were entertaining because of what they were doing with the Acclaimed. I'm worried now that they're separate. If they try to make these guys serious heels, they're going to be boring. They were fine as this goofy, you know, four guys thrown together with Billy. But now I'm a little worried that it's going to be the the serious gun club uh which you know yeah um the miro promo again for for malachi black was awesome except it really bummed me out because i'm like well now i want to see miro versus malachi black and i thought the whole point of the main event was going to be setting up moxley going up against malachi black which feels like a really exciting program and then we went up not getting that but they kind of telegraphed it by being like it's going to be Miro feuding with, Is this, with Malachi. I have this theory about Alistair Black. I don't know if you guys agree with it, but unless Malachi Malachi, I'm sorry, JR. Malachi Black. I don't know if you guys agree with it. Unless you put Malachi in in the Undertaker position and give him Undertaker attention, it's just not going to work. Like yep. you, you have to like make him one of your top four, top five guys in the company. Or else it just feels like a guy who is really into Halloween. But the problem is they don't have a top four, top five guys. They keep pivoting and moving people around. And then they They do need to get better at stacking, like, who's where, you know? Like, who's important, who's not? It's like uh, Pac won the the, whatever the fuck that title is, and then is just gone. I know he's going to be in England, and he's going to defend it there. But, like, he, he just vanished. As long with that title, it just poof vanished into the ether um miro you know his, his promo about malachi black was really good i think they'll have some great matches but i wouldn't have done that right before you're doing a world title match thunderstorm versus nyla rose and marina Shafir was fantastic because i dvr the show and i fast forwarded through it for my own mental health <laughs> um same thing with uh, that jade stokely stokely is great they need to get him away from jade and this whole well, I just don't know what they're doing, man. I mean, Stokely's great. I think Jade's a great character. This this the storyline they're telling is is very weird because you have women on your roster that could be in this. Like, why isn't Athena part of this? You know, like like that's the more interesting story is Stokely trying to get Athena over because she's a really good wrestler. She may not fit the mold of the baddie of somebody who's kissing Jade's ass, but like that's a story to tell. But instead, they're using somebody. We have no connection to, and we don't Ooh, care yeah. whether or not they join the stable. Um, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite right now, and I'm fully willing to admit it. The build that they're doing for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view is way better than what they were doing for that New Japan pay-per-view, and I'm happy to see it. Uh, they, they're promoting, you know, Danny Garcia, Wheeler Yuta is a Mike Lawrence main event. 
but I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see what those guys do on the Ring of Honor show. FTR and the Briscoes doing a rematch is going to be really good. As much as I shit on Sutton, I'm saying Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe is going to be really good. I know there's something that they do on Rampage to set up another match at the pay-per-view that we're yep. not going to talk about for the one and a half people who care. And by half a person, I meant Jonathan Gresham because he's a tiny <laughs> little dude. Um, but at least like you're using your TV time to build a company you own and I like that. That's that's good. And then, yeah, the main event was it was ice cold because the crowd knew there was zero chance that Brody King was going to win. Uh, and you were just kind of counting down until they got to 10 o'clock. And it was like, all right, he's going to go for the DDT at 958. Goes to the DDT 958. They do the choke. They delay it a little bit. And that was it. And then to Dan's point, no follow up payoff. No Malachi Black coming out and attacking Moxley. No other contender. It felt like on like old WWF mania Saturday morning where they were like, it's Bret Hart versus the one, two, three kid for the title. Cause it's a fine Saturday morning. So like there was no legitimate threat to Moxley's title reign. Number one. And number oh. two, it wasn't like you were giving the people. Really? At least, I was interested by Bret Hart. One, two, three kid. But you know who was going to win. I was just saying it was yeah. more of like a, it, it was fate to complete. Like there was no risk of what was going to happen. If you're going to just do a random challenger against Moxley, Give him a fun opponent that he's going to like that. You're going to do something with like, give it like, let Sammy win the battle Royal, like have Guevara just win the battle Royal and just do the one-on-one -on -one match just for the sake of yeah. let's have a good match. Cause, Cause they he, did he's it with, actually in a situation where that would elevate him by losing. Exactly. You know? And you, and you're testing the waters. I don't think I like Brody King a lot. He's a really good guy. I enjoyed working with him, but he's not. A know, this isn't a Brody King sl uh, uh, slide at all. No, I think it's not Brody a Brody King, King slide. Great. I just don't think that they've introduced us enough or done. Like a he's good been job he's been nothing character. on he's been nothing on their TV other than a heavy. I think it would have been more. And I think he's hurt, but it would have been more interesting if this was Buddy Murphy's spot. If they were going yeah. with someone for the House of Black, it's like let somebody show what they can do and elevate themselves. I don't think this match elevated Brody King. If anything, it highlighted that Moxley in certain environments, unfortunately, is not over. Uh, I said it at the, at the New Japan pay-per-view. Like, the crowd was not all in on Moxley. It was split. And then you had blood and guts last week. You really didn't get to see it. And then here, it should have been this audience rabid for Moxley to win because he's super over as the interim champion. And they were just kind of sitting on their hands and quiet. And if I want to see a guy dude, not be dude, over, I'll watch The only Raw. person who could get the interim title over, which would be interesting booking, would be Eddie Kingston. Because people would be like, oh, this is crazy that he actually won, you know? Um, so yeah. he would already feel undeserving. And then you tell that story. And that's and that would be interesting. I just think there's yeah. there's other ways you could have gone with it. I get Moxley was the safe bet. I don't even know that I'm super excited to see Moxley versus Punk. Like another babyface, babyface match, especially after the hangman thing. Is it really like that much of a I think the they world gotta is turn Mox, they gotta turn Moxley heel. They gotta turn him heel. But then and you got to turn the whole Blackpool Combat Club heel. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I think you got to turn him heel. Oh, and I also, just... this was one other note. Sorry to cut you off, but they they had blood and guts, which was the definitive end of this war. And now it's Eddie Kingston against uh, Chris Jericho and Claudio and Jake Hager. Like nothing ends. Nothing ever fucking ends with some of these storylines, even after you've had your big blow off match. I, I just don't get it. Scott, anything to add before we get to your high spot, low spot? No, no, no. Other than Moxley shouldn't have been completely over at uh, the New Japan pay-per-view. 
Because yes, obviously that's, that's people true. want Tanahashi. I mean, it's a yeah. New Japan show, you know? I get that they do, but you, you don't yeah. want to put him in that position of having to split the crowd because it doesn't look oh, good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, it, I understand. And that. I think that there is a little bit of residual that happened here, that the crowd was just, he he should be the super over number one baby Also, face I mean, is. like, look, man, it's like, and I, I don't know what you want to blame it on. You can blame, I think that he was the champion during the pandemic. And because of that, people... When you're a champion without an audience reaction, uh, I think people get a little not resentful of that, but they feel they don't feel the same connection they would as they would, you know, when they're rooting for Daniel Bryan to beat Triple H and Batista and Randy Orton, you know? Yeah, look at Drew McIntyre. People shit their pants when Moxley comes out, though. I mean, they're certain for sure. I've seen both. I've seen both. I've seen both. Um, But, Scott, what do you got for high spot, Liz, bud? Whoo, all right. Um, my what is gonna be my high spot? Go to Robert, Robert, high spot, low spot, and plugs. Uh, Let's do the plugs in here, too. Sure. Um, my high spot of the week was uh, Pat McAfee re signing with the WWE. Uh, he is by far the best thing that they have on television right now, and I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of the show. But uh, his his commentary on SmackDown and on can we get him on the show, Robert? How can we now that he's re-signed? Probably I had asked him before and he seemed open to it. But the dude has like fifteen jobs. Softball softball of softball interviews. I just want to hang out with that dude. He's uh, he's a goofy dude, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. But I think he's fantastic. Uh, Glad they're keeping him around. Low spot was. it was, it was two things. So we raw this week was really, really good. And I know Dan and I covered it in full. It was a really solid, logical episode of raw. I really dug it. Kevin Patrick on commentary. Fucking awful. Uh, we didn't even talk about it when we did something to sports entertainment with, but I, that dude is not ready for that role. Um, they really needed to rethink that. But my, my low spot was watching NXT great American bash and just seeing how, how sloppy, a lot of the production was with, with NXT. Uh, it's the, the, the laying out of the matches, the, the pre tapes, everything looks very amateurish for a company that really prides itself in putting out a good product. And when NXT was not NXT 2.0, you could watch that show and know this is a WWE product. And at least it looks really polished and well done. This now feels like uh, they brought the kids from full Sail university to go produce this damn thing. And, and that's a real, Shame. As far as plugs, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Again, something to sports entertainment with. We'll be covering Raw this Monday. Uh, We got the Facebook group, which is always a blast. And uh, Big Brother's back, which if any of you watch Big Brother, I I love that show. If it wasn't for that show, I wouldn't care about Luchasaurus because he was so great on that show as a giant spastic literature, uh, medieval literature major is what he was medieval literature major slash pro wrestler, which was super weird. And also former uh, writer that I work with Krista Joseph, one of the producers of that show, always good to support a, a, a CBS program. That's not love Island. <laughs> um, yeah, man. hundred uh, percent. All right. My high spot, definitely the sunny roast from this past weekend, become a patron for $5. It was a blast. Scott had some fucking bangers in it. And uh, yeah, in, in line with Robert's raw thoughts, Seth Rollins got a great match out of Ezekiel. It just made me think of like, 
like how good Seth is. And I, and I know, you know, it's impossible because of the style WWE wrestles. They're never going to be able to put on a match like new Japan or put on a match like a banger AEW main event. They're just not going to do that. So we can't see if he's the best wrestler in the world because of that. Um, but by God, is he the best worker in that company? And I haven't seen, I, you know, I haven't seen anybody since, I mean, there was a brief period where AJ did it for a year, but before that it was Shawn Michaels in terms of making people look good. Uh, my low spot was Israel Adesanya coming out as the undertaker and then like having a really just bad, mat, bad fight. Um, but my real low spot is WES getting canceled. If you don't know this, it's a British promotion. Wait, wait, wrestling- that was my, that's going to be my high spot. That's a high. That was going to be my other high spot. I thought yeah, it was so fu- it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Well, I mean, wrestling entertainment series. It was Braun Strowman was fighting on it. Nia Jax was fighting on it under. No, there. no, no. Nia Jax is like, I'm not a part of this. I think Nia Jax, like even originally was like, I don't know why the fuck I'm on this poster. Oh, that's hilarious. It's the yeah. most wrestling carny bullshit thing that there Authors is. Authors of pain, right? Authors of pain, I think, are the guys who were behind it. They were they ran it. Dude, no, is why true? is Dark Side not why is Dark Side canceled? What a great episode that would be. Especially since it was they they booked it. I, I love this just they booked a 10,000 seat building and sold 350 tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and they canceled what yesterday and it's happening the ninth. So it's like people had like four days. The wrestlers found out when everybody else found out. And they canceled in the most like indie promoter way ever, which was blaming wrestlers for canceling on this when that wasn't the case. And they're like, but we promise everyone's been paid. And yet they haven't talked about if they're giving refunds for the people who bought tickets. Oh, this thing's this thing's fantastic. Yeah, that that, it was a high spot in the sense that like I really do love wrestling. uh, in 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 a way that like i always wanted to be in the circus and that's why i like any of this shit like i love (laughs) circus shit i love it true that is true this is a very this is very it's it's showbiz pettiness on the most basic bare bones level it's uh it's awesome carny bullshit what's your low spot scott well i i don't know if it's a low spot or a high spot but I guess it's the low spot for Naomi, but Sasha and Naomi have apparently been like taken off of the internal roster list, which could just mean they're not going to be back for a long time. So take them off the list. Maybe Robert would know. Do they usually do that for people who aren't around for a while or it kind of means an an impending? um... If you're off the list, it means you can't be considered for any segment. So we used to have a list of active wrestlers, legends, and then people under contract that we could use like a hillbilly gym or something. If your name's not on that paper, they cannot consider you for anything going forward. I, I, I don't know ultimately what they're going to wind up doing. I have a feeling Naomi will wind up back in some way, shape or form. Eventually Sasha will wind up back in some way, shape or form because ultimate warrior came back. Anybody can come back and people like money. So, you know, we'll, we'll see that the hill you want to die on is the women's tag titles. But, uh, you know, yeah. I don't even know, you know, people go like, oh, Sasha and AEW. And it's like, yeah, I get that as a wrestling fan for sure. But I just want to see her make shit that uh, whatever she feels like making, which is probably going to be, um, you know, under something weird. But yeah, but that doesn't work out because when you're like Brian Danielson, you go to AEW because you want to make shit and then you get hurt. 
or you're CM Punk and you want to go to AEW and make shit and then you get hurt. Oh no, I don't mean wrestling. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, like you know, like she she gets. She was in the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, she's in the man. She was in the Mandalorian. I mean, you know, not having to go through WWE to take these gigs or try to get these gigs. Yes, yeah, I guess. But I don't know what else she wants to do other than wrestle. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to her matches in AEW. I I hope she stardom, baby. Dude, don't. I mean, don't fucking tempt. That's not going to happen. But that would be amazing. Yeah, that would that would be unbelievable. But maybe I mean, do they have that kind of money? I think she has that kind of passion. No, we, you're, you're gonna want to know. <laughs> you're gonna want to make some Brock money if you're going to Japan. No, she's yeah. she's gonna make money, real money. She's got to be getting it. They gotta have at least half a million to throw at her. You Jeez, know, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, or else it's just not worth her time. Unless she like bankrolls the whole thing and she's also EPing, but then that's also not worth your time. Um, oh, more right. importantly, if you have not been on the Facebook page today, July 7th, we're recording. This is Scott Chaplin's birthday. Hey. Is Scott Chaplin Happy appreciation tweet. No, we're not saying we're not doing this. Scott. We don't have a cake to smash his face into. It doesn't count. Scott, we're gonna we're gonna keep the uh, the the appreciation thread up all weekend. Go on there, post, show some dope love for Scott for his yeah. birthday. I posted it. Thank, Thank you. you, Scott. We love you. Happy Thank birthday. Thank you, uh, Forbidden Dorks and Robert and Dan and Zach and Mike, wherever you are. <laughs> I'm I'm right here. Right. This is like this is like when the in the Avengers when one of them like turned to dust, you know. <laughs> yeah, it might turn into Cheeto dust. <laughs> uh, Scott, what are your plugs? Oh, um, Scott underscore Chaplin on all the things. Definitely join the Patreon. That Sunny Roast was uh, was so damn fun. Uh, also, I have another podcast out with uh, Mike Racine, who's a comedian, and Sean McCarthy, who is a comedian, called Out for Smoke. So check that out. And that's it. Yeah, uh, check me out on Dan St. Germain uh, for Instagram. I post like two stand-up videos or two just comedy videos up there a week now. Do it on TikTok too, Dan St. Germain on TikTok. Um, I post my shows on my Instagram if I'm not, you know, doing stuff. Um, yeah, so check check it out, dudes, and become a patron. Um, Zach? <laughs> Happy birthday, Scott. Thank you. Hey, this is Mike Lawrence. And uh, I really, really was excited about this episode. Even when I decided to step away from the show, I was like, but I still want to roast Jesse. And uh, the guys recorded um, before I was able to, uh, as I was at work still, but um I really wanted to do a little bit of a bright side and, and do my roast jokes. And even though I would just be saying them into a phone by myself, um, they were fun to write. And Jesse is fun to talk about. I mean, this is the dude, like, if I was going to roast a wrestler in person, um, he might he might be at the top of the list. He's such a fascinating guy. There's so many angles. There's such a long history. There's so many places you can go, like... You know, when, when, whenever I would think of like a roast subject uh, for the show, I always thought and I always think in terms of like, you know, what are the areas? Are they going to be the same jokes? And it's like, you know, are they going to be similar to jokes we heard in the last couple of weeks? And 
with Jesse, it, there's nobody else that comes close to who this guy is and the breadth and variety of what this guy has done. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a fascinating dude because he's like so impactful and important in, in the world of wrestling. But like, I don't think I've ever seen him <laughs> in a match. Uh, you know, he's so a part of that, the Hogan uh, era, you know, and um, but at the same time, like most of it was as a commentator. But also, you know, from what I've heard, his in-ring stuff isn't that great. And his commentary is uh, phenomenal. I, I think it still fucking holds up. When we watched WrestleMania 3 for the show, I was like just blown away um, at how natural he is. I mean, when you look at like guys like Cole now um, or even Excalibur, uh, you know, 50 miles a minute, like and Jesse... Jesse wasn't a shill. He talked like a dude. He fucking, um, you know, he would always be in character uh, a lot of times and find a way to um, sympathize with the heels. And But in, in fun, different ways, he focused on the match. And if he put over a match, it really meant something because uh, watching a great wrestling match wasn't the important thing for the Ventura character. It was watching the heels get one over on the baby faces. So, like, in WrestleMania 3, when he's just praising Savage and Steamboat and just being, you know, a fan like everybody else, it was really, like, such a great moment. And, and him and, uh, you know, Gorilla had, like, such a great uh, chemistry together. But I also think, like, he's probably, he's definitely... Vince McMahon's best broadcasting partner, McMahon, you know. Um, I, I loved when he came back a few years ago. Well, now probably like 10 or 12 years, the raw guest host thing. And if I'm saying stuff that the other guys have said, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't hear their stuff. Um, same with my jokes. I didn't hear their jokes if they're similar. But yeah, like when him and Vince came back and and did the commentary like years later, it was still fucking fun, um, you know. And then I mean, the advocacy for wrestling rights with uh, Roddy Piper is something I immensely respect, um, you know. Uh, I think that um, what he did with uh, WCW, like. You know, leaving for more money. Like, you know, he did it before Nash did. <laughs> you know, um, I, I love what he did with, in terms of, um, you know, suing McMahon and fucking, fucking getting one over. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. I mean, you look at all these guys now who are in the, uh, are on the, the network and they don't get shit. They don't get any money, even though lots of people are watching their work. Like, you know, Jesse fought for what was his, and, and he won, and um, and then he became governor, <laughs> like, and he said he was going to do it, and he did it, and, uh, you know, and, and now, like, it is amazing, like, he's always, like, kind of evolved to fit the zeitgeist, like, you know, he was a crazy, kooky, conspiracy guy before that became a massive podcast cash cow for a lot of people. 
you know, he was ahead of the curve on that shit. Uh, and uh, I just think he's just so interesting. And, and, and I mean, fucking Predator and Running Man are, are two of my favorite movies. You know, um, if he was in every Arnold movie, I would not complain. Uh, he's just, he just, he just feels like the eighties, uh, when you see him in those movies and, uh, and I love like, he is as Minnesotan as Arnold is Austrian. Like his accent is so thick, but you don't give a shit cause it's fucking Jesse Ventura, man. Um, what a fucking weird, interesting guy. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm umming as much as Meltzer here. Uh, it's weird doing one of these things <laughs> by yourself. But um, I'm going I'm to get to my jokes. Uh, but yeah, I was really excited to, to do this. I still wanted to do it. Um, and I'm doing it. Here we go. <clears throat> Today we're roasting Jesse Ventura, the first employee to get more money from Vince McMahon without fucking him. He went from Jesse the body to Jesse the mind to Jesse the uncle you hope doesn't corner you into a conversation at Thanksgiving. He defended Nikolai Volkov in the 80s and Vladimir Putin now. Not much has changed. Jesse Ventura popularized the heel commentator role. Without Jesse heel announcing in WWF, you don't get Bobby Heenan. And without Jesse Ventura leaving WWF to make more money and phone it in for WCW, you don't get Heenan doing that shit either. Some of his old wrestling commentary sounds like his current political commentary. The mega powers worked together but fell apart after they took the Twin Towers down. Jesse's successful run as governor of Minnesota paved the way for other WWE Hall of Famers to take office like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Donald Trump, and Glenn J Jacobs. So fuck him for that. I don't know why I said Glenn Jacobs. Uh, yeah, fuck Kane. Okay, uh, wrestling was just cooler in the 80s. Back then, a wrestler could be in the movie Predator, as opposed to now where a wrestler gets fired from Disneyland for being a Predator. Uh, he is a huge advocate for legalizing marijuana, which makes sense because you have to be really high for him to make sense. His arguing style is just talking over the other person until they forget why they even cared about what they were talking about. But enough about Scott, huh? Happy birthday, Scott. I love you, buddy. Um, here we go. Uh, he tried unionizing wrestling with Roddy Piper, but Hogan stopped him. Brett has said, uh, yeah, you know... It's not nice that he did that, but it's not as bad as when Hogan beat Yokozuna instead of me. I, that that should have been my victory. I'm great. Uh, Jesse Ventura was a Navy. Sorry, Jesse Ventura was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam, but never saw combat. Something Sergeant Slaughter can also say. Not the in Vietnam part, obviously. Yes, Jesse never saw combat. Proving that he did, in fact, have plenty of time to bleed, just no opportunities. He actually did see combat when Chris Kyle punched him in the face. Allegedly, I don't want Jesse to sue me or wait till I'm dead and sue my family. You can tell he's had a successful life outside of pro wrestling because he doesn't host a podcast on ad-free shows. Remember, if you don't save your money then, you'll be telling people to save with Conrad now. And, and really, could you imagine Jesse on one of those podcasts? Blue Chew is approved by the FDA because, of course, the government wants you to take the blue pill since they're afraid we'll take the red pill and discover the truth. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, miss you all. Love you all. Bye.